Hello and welcome to episode two of To Be Announced, our ridiculously named podcast uh, that looks like it's going to be stuck named TBA. So welcome to our new name show, Jack. Oh yeah, finally got a name, even though it's, I like our name, I like To Be Announced. You know, you only have one name, so you might as well make what you can of it. Um, for those of you who might live under rocks, uh, Mississippi State is officially a women's basketball school. I'm so proud. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm going to have to say that headed, heading to the Final Four is an all-time MSU moment that's got to be up there with beating Auburn to go to number one in the nation, uh, going to the national championship game for baseball, series for baseball against UCLA. It's, it's one of those all-time moments. I really don't think that there's another Mississippi State athlete that has had a, like a, a that big of a performance like Morgan William had today. If a guy scored 41 points in a late eight game, they'd be talked about on ESPN for weeks on end. And, and I mean, this is that was a that was the best performance I've ever seen out of just anybody on a women's basketball court. She had 41 points, seven assists, and zero turnovers. That's mind blowing. How do you? She had a block. And then yeah, she's five five, isn't she? She's five five on the stat sheet. I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say that she's like five two. But the block was excellent. That absolutely wild. Shout out Morgan Williams. Oh, and um, for those of you that listened to episode one last week, uh, Victoria Vivian's "Will You Marry Me?" Yeah, <laughs> you gotta stick to that promise now. I'm 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 a man of my word. Victoria Vivian's, if uh, if you are listening, if you know who I am, uh, uh, this is my official proposal to you. Uh, I'll 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 do my best to to be a good man for you. I can't make any promises. Um, you'll probably have to reach things off the tallest shelves, but uh, it's my offer. Take it or leave it. <laughs> I'm not a very good salesperson, so uh, sorry. It's her means and not yours, or else they're uh, they're not going to be good at sports. Uh, yeah, please take all of the athletic genes from her side because I got I got nothing. That's why I make podcasts, <laughs> and she's in the final four. That, there, there it goes. They, that explains it. <laughs> that is one hundred percent it. Um, second note on the women's basketball game: Kim Mulkey might be my least favorite person in sports right now. Baylor uh, women's basketball head coach, awful person. She just. She just looks like a mean, like she looks not pleasant to be around she, at all times. I don't, I don't know if you you caught this or not, but it was it was towards the end of regulation. Uh, one of her assistant coaches was sitting with his playbook open, and she walked over and and poked it, pointed him real hard, and he looked like he was about to be hit by a truck. The look of that, the look in his eyes was that that is as scared as I've ever seen a man in my life. That, it was this, pure fear. This was a grown man stricken with fear from the the point in maybe less than ten words from a five ten woman, and wow, was he just shook. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but uh, it's a little known fact. Did you know that Kramer Robertson is her son? I didn't hear that enough today, so I was just letting you know and all the audience know if they don't know. Kramer Robertson, that's. I had no idea. Thank, thank you for bringing this to to light. I didn't think anyone knew this. I didn't know this. The world needs to know the, that Kramer Robertson and Kim Mulkey are related. Scream it from the rooftops. Every time, 
every time I watch an LSU baseball game or a Baylor basketball game, women's basketball game, that gets brought up, and they always show like a homemade video. And I've, I'm like, come on, ESPN, like just. Pull up a different home video. I've seen the same video of three-year-old Kramer Robertson shooting a basketball. I've seen it a hundred times. That's enough. It's not even one sport he plays. He, he's not even a basketball player. Vic Schaefer, actually his own daughter, is playing on their team, and they still didn't talk about it as much as Kramer Robertson being the, the son of, of, of that lady. <laughs> I don't know if you can tell her. I'm not so I'm so I'm so I'm so flustered. I can't think of her name, and we just talked about it. We we are officially shook by uh, Kim Mulkey. Not a fan of Kim Mulkey here at uh, to be announced or Kramer Robinson. Honestly, she's got me triggered. Um. Also on the SEC side of things in the basketball world, shout out to South Carolina for knocking off the hated Florida Gators uh, to move on to the Final Four. It's always a good day in Jack Webb's life when Florida loses the school of renowned baseball star Tim Tebow. Um, it was great to see the military mind Frank Martin put him in their place. I'm a big I, fan of Frank Martin. Yeah, I was seeing something. It was like Frank Martin yells too much, but I'm happy for him. I don't keep yelling, Frank Martin. That's what makes him so special is just him losing his mind on the sidelines and getting a finger in his players' faces. I love the guy. I love seeing him, Coach. I saw a, a quote by him that said it was uh, talking about how when people say that kids have changed and that they don't work as hard, he said, no, kids haven't changed. We've changed. We've changed how we raise our children. And I was like, wow, this guy is woke on the fact that uh, kids don't change. He's also a huge Pitbull fan, like the biggest <laughs> Pitbull fan. So that's one thing that me and Frank Martin have in common. Both are huge Pitbull fans. He does not come off to me as uh, a standard Pitbull fan. <laughs> He's got that Miami flair to him, man. <laughs> yeah. He seems like a Miami flair kind of guy. Just two claps on a Ric Flair for uh, Frank Martin. Uh, diving into SEC baseball talk, the reason we know you all came to listen to To Be Announced, uh, it's our, our pride and joy, our jewel, what we pride ourselves on. Uh I don't know if uh, you saw this or not, Jackie, but uh, MSU swept Tennessee this weekend. I did see that, and I couldn't be a better turnaround from last weekend, getting swept at Arkansas. That was not fun. Friday night's game was – I was a glass case of emotion that whole game. Uh, I texted you in about the sixth inning when we were down 4-2 to two and said that, um, that I might I'd be just going on a rant on this one. Thankfully, I can save my rant for later in the season whenever we do mess up again. But for now, it's I'm good. I'm even keeled. We still we're still good. We're still good on my end. Even keeled is our uh, SC conference record, I would say, huh? Oh yeah, three and three, baby. It's, uh, it's great. Great to see us uh, bounce back from uh, lackluster performance at Arkansas with a big home win. And a big Saturday game. I was a big fan of uh, what I saw at the ballpark Saturday, putting up 14 runs. Yeah, that game really, I think, tells a story of how like good Canizaro like manages this team because there was uh, like a big rain delay. I don't know how long. It's probably an hour and a half 
uh, that delayed the game. And as a player, you get, like, messed up when you're in, like, a rain delay. Like, you can focus so easily. But Camazaro kept the guys loose. Uh, he kept them focused at the same time. And uh, it showed. I mean, coming out and scoring 14 runs against any team is huge, much less against an SEC opponent. It was big. It was that's that's our best win so far this season. Yeah, putting up 26 runs in three games is quite the performance from this team that I did not see coming this weekend. That's fun baseball, man. That's the Canizaro effect. We got it in full full effect this weekend. We've seen it down at LSU for a couple of years, and now we're finally getting a piece of it. And I, I like it up here better than I liked it when he was down there. My one complaint is that uh, Connor Pilkington didn't get the official win on the stat sheet, but, yeah, that'll happen. But he didn't pitch his best this week. He still had a ton of strikeouts, but he left a few balls up, gave up a home run and two doubles. But it was great to see guys like Jacob Barton, Riley Self, and uh, Spencer Price step up, fill in for him. I mean, that's what good teams are made of. When a starter messes up, you got to have bullpen guys to back him up. So that's, I mean, the best MSU team of my lifetime and your lifetime, College World Series team, and we would have our starter go one or two innings, and then our bullpen would carry the rest of the way. So the sign of the be- better teams is a better bullpen. So it was great to see that we gave up zero runs from our bullpen. It was, uh, I would say, a step forward for almost every aspect of, uh, of the team this weekend, and it's including our RPI, which shot up uh, astounding 40 spots to number 45 now. Yeah, yeah. That's, I looked at the RPI to start the week, after our loss to Southern Miss and got legitimately concerned because an 85 RPI doesn't get you in the uh, tournament, but a 45 RPI definitely does. So, and with the series ahead against Ole Miss this weekend at Ole Miss, yeah, we win two of those games. We're looking good. We're looking real good. We pick up uh, two games in Oxford and hopefully one on Tuesday against Memphis, and we should be riding pretty nice in the first almost third of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that would be big. Fun little stat to wrap up the weekend uh, for Mississippi State. We hit 406 on the weekend. Yeah, our team batting average is up to around 300 now, which is huge. Special shout-out to Brent Rooker. He's really carried the team on his back this whole season. He's odd, like early candidate for player of the year in the conference, picking up two more home runs, giving his total to eight. I want to be Brent Rooker when I up that man he's a machine he's a he's he's got the speed he's got the size he's got the power he's everything yeah he's uh tied for the uh sec lead in uh for home runs with eight so it's him and uh i think grant coke that's who it was yep him Mm -hmm. they have uh both got eight home runs on the season and uh that's that's a lot yeah it's a great start what was it, uh, 2013? Was that when they changed the bats because there weren't enough uh, home runs? Yeah, there were too many home runs, too many high-scoring games. Oh, it was too so many home runs. The bats. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I say we saw about a, a year where it really took a dive, and I guess it's come back because I've noticed more home runs even more so than last year. Yeah. A lot of that has to be with uh, teams have shortened their fences to get more home runs. We've shortened our fences a little bit, but... I would have loved to see what uh, Brent Rooker could do with an old, like, juiced-up bat. That Ooh. would be such a show. <laughs> with these, like, these bats are dead. 
like it's so it's so bad these bats now you get back to BESR bats like we had in 2012 and 2011 that uh, Brett Rooker would have like 14 home runs if he had a BB core bat or BESR bat instead of a BB core that would be wild 14 home runs through what 27 games this, this so far this season no not even 27 mm-hmm. that nuts we should just give him a, about 25 give him a cork bat next time see what happens yeah he can do better with wood we should start playing uh, with cork bats on big weeks just to uh, see what happens yeah, I would love that. Uh, on the SEC series, one. We've got uh, South Carolina picked up a series win uh, against Alabama this weekend. Yeah, my prediction went completely wrong. I said that Alabama was a trash team and that South Carolina was a great team. And South Carolina was in a position for all three of these games. They really got lucky to win two. Had to come from behind both times to win both those games. Hats off to Alabama pitching, man. Alabama pitching showed up this weekend in a big way. They've, so, uh, and they, those, they even had to go to 10 innings on uh, Saturday to get the win. It's They struggled in Tuscaloosa, to say the least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a step forward for Alabama and a step back for South Carolina. Even though they got the series win, it's it was a, a piss-poor performance on their part. Uh. Next, we have Auburn taking two from Georgia. That definitely was a sweepable series, I thought, for Auburn, and they did not capitalize. Yeah, Auburn, uh, yeah, it's always nice to win a series. They were on the road at, in Athens, so winning a series on the road is always pretty good, but it was definitely a sweepable series. Would have put them at 6-0 and in the uh, conference. Would have had them sit, sitting pretty in the West. Yeah, go, going down pretty, and, it was going down and sweeping games, sweeping in Gainesville, and then coming back to uh, that performance. Uh, would not be excited about the uh, comeback ability of this baseball team if I was an Auburn fan. Mm-hmm. Something to keep an eye out for Auburn baseball is their star pitcher, their Friday night guy, uh, Keegan Thompson. He had the game early on Friday. And that guy's been the heart and soul of Auburn's team for about three years now and a very good pitcher. Uh, it's something to keep an eye out for. See if he starts on Friday will be interesting. If they don't have him going forward, it could be a rough road ahead. But if he comes back and is healthy, you got to count your blessings if you're Auburn because having an arm injury to him, that would just kill the season. Definitely know what that's like as a Mississippi State fan this season with arm <laughs> injuries. Mm, we'd be in the same boat. Oh, yeah. Florida uh, bounced back after uh, the surprise sweep with taking two from LSU. Almost took three. Yeah, yeah should have took three. Their bullpen didn't let them down. Yeah, that's uh, allowed three two-run home runs in the uh, eighth inning. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that, that's that's pretty bad. That's uh, um, that's not how you want to finish a game. Focus on Friday night's matchup. It was. Uh, Two great pitchers going at it. Uh, Fiedo for Florida, and uh, you had uh, you had uh, LSU's pitcher. He's a really good guy. Uh, totally blanking on his name right now. We're but Fiedo going set to be until I get that name pulled up. But Fiedo to go on about him went seven and gave up, up no runs to a great hitting team. LSU that was more impressive than. That was the most impressive impressive pitching performance I saw this weekend. It's just 
they got a good they got a good pitching staff down there in Florida. If they could get their bats figured out, it's they're gonna be real tough. And the LSU pitcher Alex Lang, I got his name finally. He gave up one run in eight innings against Florida. He got the complete game loss, which you never really see, but uh, good performance out of both those guys. Can't wait for them going forward. Those are two entertaining pitchers. Yeah, that was definitely uh, my pick for series of the weekend uh, as far as implications going forward for the rest of the season. And uh, really thought LSU was going to come in and take control for most of that series. So uh, hats mm-hmm. off to Florida, I guess, for proving me wrong. Damn it. Yeah, um, it got it got it got chippy on Friday night too. There was a yelling between dugouts on Friday, which is fun to see for fans. Oh, always. I like when some, dugouts get into it. Always love some chippiness mm-hmm. on the baseball field. It's a, it, I love chippiness in any kind of sport in anything. It, it just makes the game more fun to watch. Every, everything's more intense. Everybody's into the game more. It's just it's, it's everything is better when your two star players want to punch each other in the face. Yeah, baseball is a game of emotion created by kids. I'd just let the kids have fun out there, and that's if that's by yelling at each other, then so be it. Let them yell at each other. Make baseball great again. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arkansas went uh, to Mizzou, and I am more than upset, honestly, that Mizzou's win streak came to an end this week. They uh, they dropped dropped two against Arkansas. Yeah, shout out to Missouri as well. Completely blowing my projections. I said that they would win on Friday and Sunday. They lost on Friday and Sunday and won on Saturday. So big shout out to them, just blowing me up right in my face. But I think Missouri is a good team. This weekend didn't really show it. Their pitching didn't show up as much. But Arkansas, man, that's they're scary. They, they have some scary, scary bats down there. They're going to be a force. I'm so glad that we got that series out of the way. Just get it out of the way early. I'm going to so, go ahead and say that I they're think, going to be a force. I think Arkansas is going to be a, a top two or three team in the SEC this year. They're they're a good they're a good ball club. Mm-hmm. They're, they're Friday night and Saturday night guys, both throwing upper nineties, ninety six, ninety seven, with guys that can both lineup that can hit home runs one through nine. They're a good team, man. Yeah, I think they're going to be up there with uh, Kentucky, LSU, and Florida fighting for uh, the top of the SEC this year. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, A&M, very lackluster this weekend, uh, trying to continue to right their ship uh, after last weekend, and they dropped two versus Vanderbilt. Yeah, Vanderbilt came out Saturday. Vanderbilt scored 17 runs. I mean, the bats finally showed up for Vanderbilt to complement their pitching. Yeah, they scored 17 runs on 16 hits on Saturday. So uh, efficiency. Was the name of the game on yeah, Saturday? Uh, Plus efficiency, yeah. more runs than hits. Gotta love it when you uh, make runs out of nothing. Oh yeah. Uh, Kentucky went to Ole Miss and picked up two wins. So shout out to them for keeping uh, Ole Miss's privilege in check. It always needs to be yeah. checked. Um, Kentucky, very good ball team this year. Yeah, they got. They do a weird thing in Lexington that Mingione, the coach, has implemented. I honestly like it. I like what they're doing. They're strong suited they're hitting. And they know they don't have a third guy in their like starting rotation. So what they do is they roll out their third guy on their Friday night game, or in this case it was a Thursday night game. That guy, they're going to concede the loss pretty much, and if they get enough hits, that'll be good. But 
I mean, saving your arms, your best arms, and uh, Logue on Saturday pitching a gym, and Justin Lewis on uh, Sunday pitching a gym. I mean, they're gonna win. They're gonna win more series than they lose based on that formula because Lewis is gonna beat your anybody's Sunday starter in the SEC, and Logue is going to Logue holds his own on Saturdays. So I like what Kentucky's doing down there. I'd, I'd like to see us even maybe pick up doing that with uh, since it looks like we're gonna pick up this trend of pitching by staff on Sundays, uh, chalk up Friday mm-hmm. game to a staff game, and then uh, put Pilkington Saturday and. What looks like Plumlee's going to be our two guy this season has him have him mm-hmm. on Sundays or really any any kind of mismatch because I mean when you're really just working with two solid starters it's uh, makes you have to be creative with the rest of your pitching. Yeah, the only downside I can see of that is having to use a ton of bullpen guys on Friday nights and just having no arms available for a Saturday game. Say Pilkington comes out like this Friday and doesn't look as strong as he normally does, that kind of puts you in a bad position. But I could, I would like to see us go to it just to try it out. It's, I mean, it's pretty late in the season to be trying that stuff out, but it would be something worth a try, I think. That's true. How many, uh, how many starts do you think Mangum finishes the season with? Uh, he's got three unofficially, or three officially, two SEC starts. I think he goes and... I think he goes four more. I think he gets six starts. And then I think somebody from the bullpen steps up, or somebody from the midweek game steps up. It could be McQuarrie, or it could be Ashcraft, somebody like that. But for now, it's going to be Mangum for the future, it seems like. I listening to Canizaro talking after the game, it seems like his plan going forward is going to be Mangum going three innings, putting him in center field for the rest of the game, and pretty much Johnny Holstaff. Uh, Barton, Riley Self, uh, Tristan Barlow pitched today. He pitched really good. So uh, I think uh, I like that plan. It's what we did in 2013. Look where it got us. We had the uh, white stag Ryan Rigby show his uh, face this weekend. Yeah, I don't know where Rigby's been. I honestly couldn't tell you because shout out to the uh, Mississippi State uh, Sports Information Director for not releasing why he hadn't been pitching. Uh, the man's got a 0.00 ERA on the season, which is, it's good. That's a good ERA to have. <laughs> and to have him, so you got to, I mean, is he hurt? Was he suspended? Was he in trouble with the team? We'll never know. Hopefully he pitches more in the future, though. The world may never know, but I, I would like to see a world where Ryan Rigby comes back in to uh, be a regular part of the Mississippi State baseball team. It was fun watching him pitch last year, and it would be—it's going to be fun again to watch him pitch this year. If we see him more often than once a month, yeah, got to have him more than once a month for it to be fun. Oh yeah, a uh, few interesting midweek games uh, coming up on this this Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, Twelve games being played on Tuesday around the SEC, so busy busy week on Tuesday. Uh, mm-hmm. FSU uh, versus Florida is probably the sexiest matchup of the uh, Tuesday. Uh, that's an 11-12 mm-hmm. matchup uh, playing in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. That game's a lot of fun. Always to go to at a neutral site. Jacksonville's got a great stadium that they play it in. But two great teams going at it on a weekday. So it's good on baseball to watch. Uh, I believe they've split the series so far this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, they have. 
It's yeah. uh, the last time they played, it was a pitcher's duel. It ended up being one nothing, which I could see it being again. FSU could easily score, uh, you know, seven runs on Florida. It's all a matter of if they're bad. FSU's strength of their team is their hitting and not their pitching. So that's it, it. It'll be imperative for them to hit if they want to win this game. Ooh, imperative! Good vocab word, Jack. You been studying? Just took the SATs. <laughs> got to get it back into college. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we got the dogs going up to uh, Memphis this week. Uh, should be an interesting midweek game. Uh, Memphis last week beat Ole Miss, and they're a pretty solid baseball team. So hopefully we can get a win there on Tuesday. It'd be very, very nice to get pick up a win going into Oxford this weekend. Yeah, especially Memphis has beaten Ole Miss twice, as we said last uh, episode. So they're a good team. It's been up and down this season for Memphis. They lost their opening series against Tennessee, uh, but that's not that doesn't indicate where they're at as a team. Um, this last the guy I think who's going to pitch for Memphis, Jonathan Boland. He's a real good pitcher. Uh, last time he pitched, he went eight and a third against Ole Miss, allowing one run. So that's always scary going up against somebody like that. But it if we carry over what we did this weekend to Tuesday night. We should have a problem. We got to keep the bats alive. If, if we continue to hit like we did this weekend for the rest of the season, I think our pitching will manage to win us uh, more than a few games. Yeah, I think so too. Um, mm-hmm. We have only other really attractive game uh, as far as midweeks go is uh, Auburn, Alabama, uh, reigniting their rivalry this week in Montgomery for the Capital City Classic. I'm sure that's a lovely stadium they have down there. It's always a treat going through Montgomery as we drive to Mississippi State. <laughs> One of the many uh, beautiful milestones you get to uh, check off your list as you drive through the mm-hmm. great, ugly state of Alabama. Yeah. Sorry to any of our listeners out there from Alabama. <laughs> no, Not no sorry that we're offending to, you. Uh... So- sorry, for, sorry. Yeah, sorry being from Alabama. Yeah, no disrespect to uh, your state, but you have the worst roads in America. Yeah, that's it's it's pathetic. I, I can say that knowing that I've been to less than a fourth of the states in the union, and I still say that with resounding confidence. Pennsylvania doesn't have good states, for what it's worth. That's my uh, weekly uh, Pennsylvania reference. So good <laughs> that I got that one out of the don't, way early. Don't don't forget, people. Uh, Jack does not live in a warm area. Nope, not a warm climate. The, the great white north of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Is there is there snow still on the ground up there? Because if that if that's the case, that's atrocious. It was eighty degrees to, today in Starkville. There's snow on the ground. Nope, not 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 my America. No, I, now I know why I'm going to try to live in the south the rest of my life because I can't deal with going outside and seeing a big gray blob of snow outside every day. Makes uh makes getting around difficult. As you, fun. As you uh, realized last time, you got snowed in and had to uh, walk to the convenience store, didn't you? Yeah, I walked uh, two miles to the liquor store uh, just to get outside, and boy, was that a mistake. I fell like three times. Snow's hard to walk through, by the way, for those of you that don't know. It was like a foot and a half of snow. I fell at least three times. The bag I was carrying, I was about a mile the bag broke 
had to carry my <laughs> beer and my four loco in my hands. It's not what you want. It's it's not things were not going you uh, your way on that trip. I would say four four miles round trip with a broken bag and a few tumbles. I got a few uh, weird looks as I was carrying uh, like a six pack of tall boy bush heavies and a four loco. Just just it was just college things. Yeah, I got a few thumbs up, but a few uh, many more uh, nasty eyes. <laughs> What is this? What is this oddly shaped man doing carrying all of this alcohol? I was thinking I was out of the Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode. <laughs> the way I was acting. Always Sunny in Allentown. Oh, well, I'm wait. No, I, oh, we're going to edit that out. We don't know where you live. Maybe Allentown. Maybe somewhere else. <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, let's kick off uh, our loan segment of the week. Uh, how athletic do you think you are? Uh, this this is going to be a collection of our uh, fun banter that we tend to have uh, throughout the weeks uh, as as males who like to be competitive in sporting activities that we'll never actually compete in. Uh, but it's all hearsay, and that's what we're here to say. Oh, getting the puns in today. There we go. Our first uh, our first question that has drawn a lot of debate um, from a lot of different angles is uh, if you got a hundred reps. In an Oklahoma drill versus Marshawn Lynch, do you think you could get a tackle? Well, yeah, I think I could. Uh, I think I could. I don't think many people could, but I think I could. I 100% think I could not, and I don't think you could either, Jack. Well, here's the thing. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, I'm a fairly big individual. I'm 6'5". Uh, weight undisclosed at the moment, but I'm 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 thick and <laughs> thick with three thing, C's. Uh, yeah, three C's, maybe even four. But uh, there's, I think I I touch Marshawn on every try because he's six inches smaller than me, so I at least get my hands on him every play. So if I dive at his legs, if I dive at his legs every play, I'm bound to get at least one. See, I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting three, actually. Yeah, three. Uh, you gave me the uh, ridiculous ballpark estimate that you said you could get at least seven the other day. Yeah, my ceiling is seven tap um, Oklahoma Oklahoma drill against Marshawn. Seven. That is just <laughs> I, this un, unfounded confidence in the fact that you just are so convinced that you could tackle Marshawn Lynch is I, absurd to me. He's been out of the game for a year. I think, I mean, he's still in great shape. So you much better shape than Russ I am. But those joints in a year, he's about to go play for the Raiders. I mean, that's true. I'm not going to deny that, but <laughs> at least I hope he goes to play for the Raiders. I'm not done. I'm not ready for an NFL without Marshawn. Yeah, that makes me perk up a little bit. But the I NFL think it was less fun without Marshawn Lynch. In an Oklahoma drill, it's two guys one on one. In this scenario, I made up in my head, um, like five yards of separation between me and him. he's not going to juke me out. He doesn't have enough space to. So, so in the Beastquake runs of when he played New Orleans, against New Orleans and against Arizona, he had a lot of space to get a full steam, full steam going. So I think I can get him down at least three times, at least three times. Uh, you know, I can get him down twice. 
<laughs> you seem to be losing confidence in yourself, Jack. I'm I'm just saying I can get him down definitely once. I can get him down more than once. Might be two times. It might be seven. <laughs> I definitely don't think it's seven. It, another thing to consider is how much time do I have in between snaps? Because I can see after he runs over me uh, 50 times, I'm going to be pretty beat. Yeah, I'm going to say after my 30th rep of getting uh, Marshawn's shoulder to my face, I'm probably going to be pretty done. Yeah, Thank God concussions aren't real, or else I would have a few after 100 tries trying to tackle Marshawn. (laughs) Good thing, uh, I I I saw uh, Dan Mullen actually retweeted something. Apparently Mississippi State is uh, on the forefront of protecting people from fake brain injuries, so that's good. (laughs) It's all mental. It's all mental. You don't need that. You don't need your brain. It's worthless. <laughs> just play football. Yeah, just, you don't need your brain to play football. You can. I. I how many times have you used your brain to catch a pass? Because uh, I've never used it. You think Vince Lombardi believed in concussions? No. <laughs> we named a trophy after the man. He didn't believe in concussions. Neither do I. <laughs> I think not believing in them and not knowing they're even possibly a real thing. Are a little bit different. <laughs> I'm going retrospect. If somebody was like, hey, Vince, my head hurts, he'd just say, no, get back out there. Your head doesn't hurt. Rub, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> hey, Vince, my head hurts. He said, okay, well, stop looking at the lights. Yeah, let me stick you in a closet for a little, <laughs> little bit. Just be in the dark for a little bit. You'll be fine. <laughs> Pull uh, Mike Leach. Yeah, big shout out to the pirate. And uh, also, screw you, Craig James. For anyone that doesn't know that story, Seriously. go. For anyone that doesn't know that story, go Google Craig James, Mike Leach, and oh, you're welcome. You can also Google uh, uh, Craig James just by itself and see he might have gotten into some trouble a <laughs> little while ago. You'll go something down the rabbit hole pretty fast with Craig James. Something about hookers. I'll leave it at that. You can, you can find the rest online. I'll leave the, I think it's the hashtag CJK5H. <laughs> that, yeah, that's it. Go Google that and uh, you're welcome. Uh, yeah. All, all people are innocent until proven guilty, though. That's Just, true. Allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> he did that. CJK5H. That's, that's, yeah. Now, now we're good. Now he allegedly, allegedly, allegedly he K'd five H's. <laughs> yeah, go 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 do a Google uh, friendly listeners and you and start your morning off right. Your Monday bright and beautiful Monday morning uh, with some humorous stories about one of the more punchable faces on ESPN. Oh my God, him, him and Skip Bayless. I gotta say, at the top of my list of punchable faces. Yeah, he 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 competes with Grayson Allen. Oh, wait, Chip Bayless isn't even at ESPN anymore. I guess that's, I guess that doesn't count. Stephen A. He's with the, undisputed on A. Fox. Him and Shannon Sharp. How many people do you think watches that sh- watch that show on a daily basis? Like three. Yeah, I was gonna say like five hundred, but three sounds actually. <laughs> I don't watch it, so <laughs> five hundred sounds a little bit more reasonable for a uh, a large television network. But I, I like to think it's three. And I like to think it's the three yeah, people it's that uh, it's the three people working on uh, the the first take set, the host Stephen A and uh, yeah. whatever that 
clown is that sits across from him and makes him yell at him. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure new, he's... New Skip. I'm pre- yeah, I'm pretty sure he doesn't even have a real job. It's just to provoke Skip uh, Stephen A. into saying absurd things. I'm never going to learn his name. I'm just going to call him uh, uh, Micro Skip. <laughs> he doesn't have the hot takes like Skip. Stephen A. Pro- provocateur, that's what he is. That's his, that's his job title. Oh, yeah. Official provocateur to Stephen A. <laughs> the second question of our... We went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, we we really hit a, a, <laughs> a little sidewander there. We started talking about Marshawn Lynch, and then we started... Oh, wow. Um, it's back to how athletic do you think you are. <laughs> um, do you think that if you got 30 minutes in 82 NBA games, uh, do you think you could average two points for a season? Um, the only... Re- I've done this in my head. The only thing I could think of is if I cherry-picked... That's the only way. So my team would give up probably 160 points every game, and we would score about 80. But I would get two, and then I would probably get beaten. Up. I would get beaten up by everybody after the game for not playing defense, and then I would be out for the year. So your game plan would be be Lamar Ball or Lamelo Ball and just cherry pick the whole time. Yeah, that's my game plan. He scored 90 points off of that, so I can score two. One of the more absurd highlight videos I've ever seen of a high schooler was his 90-point game because I think he crossed midcourt less than 10 times. I can't wait till somebody, like... He's got to get punched sometime soon, don't you think, for got, all the stuff he does? And he's his, got to. His dad... He's going to get into college, and I think someone's going to punch him in his first game. So Someone needs to volunteer now to do it before he gets in college so he can fix himself before he officially becomes a, a, a clown on a national spotlight. Not that he already isn't, because his, uh, his dad is really just forcing him into the brains of America. Yeah, but there's no problem with that. Don't worry, it's just that his, he loves his kids. That's why he's putting them on a pedestal in front of the nation. <laughs> he's a supportive That's, father. It's all not, love. He's a supportive father, not just a jerk that needs to get off television. Mm-hmm. He wants that $1 billion shoe deal. Only because he loves his son, not because he wants a billion dollars for himself. That the fact that a man who his neither of his sons have ever played an NBA game, and the fact that he thinks they deserve a billion dollar shoe deal is just so ludicrous. LeBron James just got a billion dollars shoe deal, and he's been in the league for thirteen years, hasn't he? Yeah, it's even crazier when you think Lonzo is really good. And Lamelo, as much as I don't like him, is also really, really good. But the third brother, uh, he's going to UCLA only because the other two are, and he's a three-star recruit. So I can't see him even making the NBA, much less getting a shoe deal. So it's going to be hard for him to negotiate that. I can't wait to see it happen. As as part of the shoe deal, the third brother gets to make the shoes. Yeah, <laughs> he he works in China. Yeah, the other two uh, get to wear them in fun basketball games, and he just gets to make them. Yeah, he's Cooper Manning. <laughs> Cooper Manning. He's. Is, <laughs> I always love thinking about Cooper Manning and what it must be like just to sit at the dinner table, look around, like what, what is going on here, guys? What ha- What happened to me? <laughs> Whatever happened to me? If too bad you have the the spine of made of toothpicks and you can't get hit in football games. 
He, he didn't even play quarterback in high school either. He played wide receiver. Have you seen Peyton Manning run around? I, I really don't think those two are related. <laughs> I would like to see Peyton Manning run the 40-yard dash today. Oh, here you go. How athletic do you think you are? Could you beat Peyton Manning in a 60-yard or a 40-yard dash? <laughs> I 100% think I could. <laughs> I think I could too. And speed's not my strong suit, more of a strength guy, but I still think that I can beat Peyton. I definitely think I can beat Peyton Manning in a 40-yard dash, and I think the last time I ran 40 yards in any kind of exertion of above 50% was high school. So and I still think I could beat him because his his gait is like what is it? Like ten feet each time he makes a stride? Yeah, it's a it's a ten feet, stop and wait a little bit, gather another ten feet, but gather so you, himself. There's so much momentum just moving does that. with each leg that you just have to pause for it's like a train moving. It takes twenty yards for him to even try to get up to speed. He does like the fat guy thing of like uh, whenever he's running, you can almost see in his head just him like yelling at himself, just come on, Peyton, get your knees up, pump your legs, Peyton, long strides, get your knees up, churn, churn, churn. <laughs> get slow guys, uh, they focus really hard on their stride, and I know that because I'm a slow guy. So <laughs> I was just I'm, thinking, I was like, wait, I do, I do that. <laughs> I guess that means I'm a slow guy. Yeah, we're. I think we're all slow guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a slow guy. <laughs> if your favorite hobby is sitting behind a computer screen recording your own voice, you're probably not a fast guy. Nope. <laughs> Breaking news, everyone. Um, uh, wrapping up with some Final Four talk. It's uh, the end of our fa- favorite sports time of the year. Um, we have a week now until our next basketball we get to see, which sucks. Yeah, that makes me really depressed. We ended up making kick rocks for making us wait in a week for after this weekend's slate of games, and now we have to wait another week to see uh, our Cinderella story, South Carolina, but, uh, play another game. And boy, can I not re- wait I'm, to see them hopefully clobber Gonzaga. Yeah, I'm rooting for an all-Carolina final where we get North Carolina and South Carolina. That would be wild. That would actually be a good game. South Carolina's got the defense. North Carolina's got the offense. I, I definitely think the the worst possible matchup of for a national championship game would be South Carolina versus Oregon because that means you have an incredibly slow defensive team in South Carolina trying to set the pace of the game while you got the shooting running team of Oregon trying to put up 85 points before you blink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be... Uh, yeah, I'm definitely rooting for North Carolina at least. We're rooting for South Carolina too because I feel like South Carolina is equivalent to Mississippi State of the East. Kind of just average at everything. So it would be nice to see them get to the finals. I, I just... I don't think I can pull for UNC because I'm... I really don't like Roy Williams for... Really, no reason, but I just don't like him. Yeah, that's that's me with Coach K. I hate Coach K more than anything. <laughs> and Bill Self. Oh yeah, not a big Self, not a Bill Self fan at all. And once again, don't really have a reason why. He's just Mm-mm. he 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 seems like the kind of the kind of coach that screams at his players twenty four seven in practice. Yeah, not the Frank Martin doesn't do it. When Frank Martin does it, it's likable. 
Yeah, when when Frank Martin does it, it's promoting his players and or well, no, when Frank Martin does it, he's he's accosting his players and hurting their feelings. And when Bill Self does it, he's being a great coach that's developing the next NBA stars. I like double standards. It's a double standard. Get it out of here. Yeah, seriously. Well, uh, about wraps up our show for episode two of To Be Announced. Um, we'll be anxiously waiting for our women's team. Uh, they play Friday, so you get to hear our beautiful voices again on Thursday before we get to see that game. So we'll talk about that more on Thursday as well as recap, uh, hopefully, a win in Memphis and... We're going to spend a lot of time on Thursday talking about how much we hate Ole Miss. So get excited. Yeah. It's, it's Grudgment be, Day. Grudgment Day. We're gonna, that's the official title of Thursday's episode is going to be Grudgment Day. So get excited. Tell your friends. Give us a, mm-hmm. uh, a listen, a follow, a share, a retweet, anything. Just let, let the masses know that we're out here and we're trying to save some good news for you. I'm going to go on the record and say that Thursday is going to be our best show because I, I can say that with confidence because we've only had two shows prior, but Thursday is going to be a good one. Oh, there it is. Heard it here first. Thursday is going to be a, a podcast for the ages, so don't forget yeah. to check back in with us Thursday, and we will talk to you later. Mm-hmm. Go to hell, Baylor. Good night, Canada. Good night, Canada.